The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many voices are more powerful than one. When we share ideas, developments, and power, we can achieve anything. Welcome to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. Your hosts are Deetta Jones and Richard Dent. Together, they have made a worthy life that includes a family, two businesses, a foundation, and much more. They're ready to help you find your personal success. Now, here are Deetta and Richard. Hello and welcome to DJ and Da Bear. I'm Dietta Jones, your host. I'm a social justice advocate, leadership coach, individual and organizational effectiveness speaker, and an author. I'm joined by my better three quarters, NFL legend and pro football Hall of Famer, Richard Dent. Richard, you want to say hello to us? Hello. Hello. Today he is. He's, he's, he's otherwise distracted, listeners, and we will happily talk. Are we rolling yet or y'all just talking? <laughs> otherwise disposed. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't yet had a chance to meet us, Richard is the brains and I'm the brawn. No, no, no. I'm, he's the beauty and I'm the beast. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. <laughs> so as that aside... Do that, be humble, but we're old men now, Willie. We, uh, we were great, baby. <laughs> okay, I got okay, Yeah, we were great. This show, you still are great, Mongo. Okay, we're, this, this show is going to be the best. This is going to be one of the most fun, most memorable shows in DJ you and the <laughs> Really quick, let me, before we get started, let me y'all tell you what keep, we're lined I up promise, to do today. Today, we, our topic is NFL. Uh, reliving right. the NFL's most vibrant year, and we are joined by the legends of the 1985 Bears. We are having a reunion special. Um, during the show, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Dieta M. Jones and at Richard underscore Dent 95, or to call us live on our phone line, 888-346-9141. So, guys, let me just at the stage everyone everyone knows that the 1985 Chicago Bears are the most memorable most fun most intimidating most iconic team in the NFL history today we're joined by some of some of the legends of that team we have number 76 defensive tackle Steve McMichaels otherwise known as Mongo and all the other nicknames that have been attributed to him over the years we have number 45 the team's defensive captain Gary Fensick We have number 83, ride receiver, and known for your speed, Willie Galt. We have number 95, defensive end and 2011 Pro Football Hall of Famer, Richard Dent. And I think we have about three or four more guys who are going to show up somewhere along the way. Did I miss anyone? Well, it's going to Knights of the Roundtable and King Arthur's Day. I'm (laughs) sure he'll show up later. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm, good, I'm, fine. I'm just glad I'm not on the East Coast. Oh, oh yeah, me too. Oh, my there, God. Oh. 
There's my hero's voice, Gary Fensick. How you been doing, pal? I'm <laughs> doing fine, Steve. Beautiful baby. I've heard things, my friend. My goodness. Oh, uh, okay, you guys. Now, okay. So since so since everybody doesn't know the inside parts of your relationships, let me let me go ahead and, and get us okay, and frame yes, you, out this conversation. Table, so I think it was 29 years ago this month that, that you were getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. What were you What were you doing? What were you thinking? How does a, a young team like that get ready? Just walk us down memory lane for a minute, would you? Let's see, what time is it? Uh, well, we weren't on Bourbon Street yet during the week. But, uh, yeah, we had a good time down there. It was like Mardi Gras the whole week down there. I know my family was sad when I quit going out. You know, I went back to the hotel on Thursday night, and then I didn't go out anymore. They weren't first in line and VIP treated anymore. It kind of hurt their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so you were partying it up the week of Super Bowl. You didn't. You weren't resting it up and stretching and doing all of that. You were out partying. No, oh, I weighed. Five, I weighed five pounds heavier than I should have for the game. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem to hurt you. What about the other guys? What were you guys up to? What were you thinking? What was going through your mind? Well, I think that you know. You do have that, you know, that that fear that somehow you're just going to screw up and not win a Super Bowl. But we had already beaten the Patriots earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. I felt pretty confident that, you know, unless they had an extraordinary game, and they certainly had an extraordinary run to get to the Super Bowl, that uh, we were a better team. But you still got to prove that. I think one of the biggest problems I had going down there. You have two weeks. And so after watching a lot of film by yourselves, and we were down at the University of Illinois when they were on break. Uh, I kind of had all the game plan down. My biggest concern was getting enough tickets for all the people I had promised oh. in the previous <laughs> ten years. We, we didn't get to we didn't get to scalp them. one Super Bowl ticket, and I think we got thirty of them. A player did. The most funniest thing to me, Steve, when Buddy left the when Buddy left the uh, meeting, and really, I don't know what happened. You guys uh, meetings. You know, Dell Hop's supposed to show us some film, and everybody kind of got pissed off and said, you know, damn this, we don't need to watch any more film. So I don't know, Steve or Hamp kicked the recorder right out of Dell's hand, and somebody threw a chair into the Yeah, I threw a chair into the blackboard, and its leg stuck in it, and then Hampton smashed the projector. Well, meeting's over. (laughs) Yeah, that really was amazing that... uh, that we always had to watch one last reel of film before we broke up for milk and cookies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the offense said that he was that. tired of we watching were, the Jets we, try to we run the 45 defense. And uh, as you said, he turned off the, uh, the projector. And then, Steve, you got up. I don't know how you did it, but you threw that chair and it impaled a blackboard. And uh, I mean, it was, I'll never, ever forget. Well, I'm an that. old knife thrower from Texas, boys. And I just uh, remember <laughs> sitting next to Singletary and said, I can't believe Buddy's going to be gone. And uh, Singletary looked at me with those big eyes. And I said, Well, you yeah, he didn't know. If, you know. He didn't know. And, uh, you know, you, have you to were the only him. one that he told, Gary. And when the office yeah. heard about that, guys, we, we weren't surprised, but we, we had a good laugh about it. We were, because we weren't surprised <laughs> that that would happen. Right. But, you know what well, we were laughing I mean, about? We were out of our means, and y'all were still in y'all's. <laughs> exactly, which is always the case. Uh, but offensively, I think we went into the game with a tremendous amount of confidence. Uh, as Gary said, we had uh, beat the Patriots before, 
And we knew that if we played together as a team, that no one would beat us. So we were just trying to make sure we prepared, but have fun. But we wanted to stay relaxed like we did. We went out early in the week. As we tapered down, I think we got a little bit more serious. But I think overall, we just tried to make it just like a regular game, which we did. And, and the results were what, it, what they were. What, what the intimidation the so, factor. So I know the, you were talking I know the about story of the, the, the beginning of the story of the, of the Super Bowl. This is when I knew we guys... were going to win the game, and it was the first play of the game. You come to the line of scrimmage, and when the offensive linemen get down, that's why I watch film to be adept at reading their stance. Well, I saw it was going to be a pass. I look up at the quarterback because the next key is he's looking downfield at the coverage to see where he can throw the ball, not just not worrying about it. He's just going to hand the ball off. That's, that's what I knew it was going to be a pass. But when I looked up at Eason, he looked like a deer caught in the headlights looking at Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael, Mike Singletary, who is fixing to kill me. <laughs> and I don't think he completed a pass in the first half, did he? I don't know that. Uh, no, there's been some astounding things forgotten about that game. Minus 19 yards at halftime. Go ahead, Gary. Were you trying to chime yeah. in? Go ahead, Gary. You know, I was just saying that I, I, I think I saw that Steve the other day. I think Tony Eason never completed a pass, and then he got taken out. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty, pretty extraordinary. And you know, I just remember that first series that uh, our offense had fumbled, right? And uh, and they didn't get a first down, but they kicked a field goal and felt pretty good coming off the field. And it looked up at the scoreboard and it was like. You know, something to the effect that, uh, you know, 19 of the uh, other teams that scored first did won the Super Bowl. And you're like, wow, I, I went from feeling pretty good to feeling statistically defeated. Yeah. A little anxious, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I have a quick question. We have four minutes until break, but I have a question. I don't want to kill the mood here, but your team was amazing. It, we were, you were awesome. Can you tell us why, why didn't you make it back-to-back? What happened? Like, what happened to that, that next year? Jim, well, if I can, if I can start this off, though. You, you know, it, uh, everybody was pretty young, except Gary and a few other you guys that are probably turning 70 now. But <laughs> <laughs> at that time, when you, yeah, I was 23. I can't believe I, I played you know, football with young, having a good time is, is what you can appreciate. And, and uh, it, it's, you know, today... You know, you have a different appreciation to all what's been done, and you know, and to know, to know that you are probably one of the best Super Bowl teams that ever played, or the best team that ever played defensively. You know, it's yeah. We didn't know that we were setting the bar so high, but we what we did do was compete with one another, and we had fun with it. And I still say that today, when a team competes with one another, nobody can beat them but themselves. You got somebody can add on to that. Well, I don't think, you know, it would have been great to shut them out, which without Walter's fumble, we might have done. Right. Because they scored that touchdown on the second bunch in the second half. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah. three points a game in the three, point, in the three games that go through the Super Bowl, that's never going to be done. Yeah. That's so what the, the average is, high, you know? Basically. Ten points in three games. Yeah. Well, it was a it was a hell of a year. All of us were excited. We couldn't. I, I can't wait for you to tell us more about doing the Super Bowl shuffle and all of that. That some of that fun times. But here's my here's a big question that I ask Richard about all the time. 
Why haven't you, why hasn't this team story made it to the big screen yet? Why, why hasn't the 1985 Bears story made it to a movie? Wouldn't that be a... I have no idea. That's the next no step, idea. baby. That's the next step. First of that's all, it. you know, that's something that uh, actually me and Otis is working on. Working on a documentary and hope we can turn that documentary into a movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. And the NFL is kind of hard about movies and giving that access, but uh, I think things are still coming around uh, with uh, what one has done, and it's going to be hard for someone to outdo that. Please go out and give it a shot if you want. But, uh, <laughs> well, when you do yeah, that, we know what we were doing, but what we knew that, you know, winning was important goal. and competing was important, <laughs> and we had a lot of fun at it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that, and I, Became a lot of brothers in, in that time, and, you know, eight, nine years, that spell we had, had opportunity to come back and do it back-to-back. Back. Uh, we just couldn't get that quarterback situation right, and we couldn't get the coach to keep the guy that we had rolling, you know, and I think they were second-guessing themselves all the time. Yeah. Listen, I need to, I need to take us to break real quick, and then while okay. we're out, please visit us on Twitter, at Dietta M. Jones and at Richard underscore Dent 95. We'll be right back with the 1985 Chicago Bears. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Dietta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, 
Back to the show. Welcome back. We are back with the legends of the 1985 Chicago Bears, and we have also been joined by number 95 linebacker Otis Wilson, Uncle O to our kids. Otis, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to have you. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I know she said 95, it's 55. I know she said 55. She's going to live with me. You know, I hear you know, I I touched her around. Go ahead, hi. Oh, man. How's everybody? Good, Leo. How are you? How are you, all? Good? Okay, Otis, I don't know if your oh, line dropped. Did you lose him? Okay. No, I'm on the phone. I hear you. Okay, oh, how you doing? Good on. to have you. Otis, Otis, she asked, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you, Diddy. It was good talking to you. You too, man. show, Ben. So, so, guys, during the break, I asked you what you wanted to talk about during this next segment, and Mongo said he wants to talk about the records that the defensive <laughs> group played. Yeah. The, the, well, the record, the team, I think know, the records the speak team, for themselves, the right? Everybody too, knows. You, know, you want to give us any highlights? Nobody realizes, and I don't know if the guys do. From 1984 to 1988, five years, we won more football games than any foot, pro football team ever. So well, thank you for that. Know that. Did you know yeah, that, Gary? <laughs> that's, I didn't that's know, pretty but, uh, you know, by 1988, I was on a beach watching you guys in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and we were probably cussing you for it, too, Gary. Yeah. Well, also, from an offensive standpoint, people don't really know that in, in 1985, when we made that big run, our offense was ranked number two in the league in offense. Every know we had a, a defense number one, which was amazing. But our offense was number two, and many people didn't really know that because the defense was so amazing. I think I think we led the league in scoring, didn't we, Willie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think really, I, I think that period that, that's of time that's just of the reflected yeah, having a really strong uh, draft <laughs> year after year. I mean, Willie was number one, Otis was number one, <laughs> Mom and I and, were off the scrap yeah. heap. Uh, you know, Richard, you and then that '83 draft put us over the top, boy. And that's, but that's really key. I mean, you know, if you look across the offensive line, you had Van Horn was the number one. You had uh, the other Jimbo, Jimbo Colbert. You know, Suey was the number two. Walter was the number one. And on the defense, yeah. Camp was a one. Uh, big, you know, uh, you know, just a, a variety of different guys. And when you have that much talent later. Big Fridge was the number one. Yeah. 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 Wilbur Marshall. Don't forget about Wilbur Marshall. But, but, yeah, that's yeah. the point of it is, yeah, I think, with Gary, I think it's a good point. Of, the last 10, 12 years, the Bears had no number ones that they did a two or three contract with. So right now, you got a, a team that's full of, I'm not going to say nothing, but, yeah, you know, you, you, you're trying to... you got a team, you got a team full of mercenaries that don't care if they win or lose. They're just important that they get paid. That's what it is. But you think that, I mean, I, you know, Mongo, do you think that's today's all the NFL? I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of guys who just, you know, particularly at the oh, end yeah. of your career, we didn't have the benefit of free agency. And no. I would think that guys would want, if they haven't been to the Super Bowl, the one last thing that they want on their resume before they retire is the ability to say, hey, I got to the big game and I've got the ring to prove it. Yeah, yeah for sure. And all, all we can do is hope that. This new coach Fox wakes Cutler up to that. 
And maybe we'll have some good times here in Chicago again, but I doubt it. Look, guys, I got to run. Turnover machine. My, my, I got to run, but it's great talking to you guys. My editor is here. I'm writing a book, so I got to go do that, okay? Willie, Willie, you're always running. Willie, how old are you? 55 and you run 100 and what? Come on, 40 long. <laughs> you run the 40? You run the 40 and what now, Willie? Huh? Yeah. What'd you say? You I said, what you run the 40 in? I'm about, it's about, about four, three, four, four, something like that. Come on, Willie, you ain't 40. You ain't 55 running that fast. Willie, Willie, are you still the fastest man over 50? <laughs> yes, I have a world record. <laughs> you can tell. So t- tell over, them the laugh about 40, Over 45 and over 50. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. here with Dale Green. He was telling me about an uh, area somewhere in Utah, somewhere where people that's 80 and 90, they all play basketball and do all, all these old folks. So... I'm going to get to you and send you out there. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I just left the truck today, so I, I love it. Thank you for calling in, Willie. Thank you, Willie. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys. You guys were a huge part of my life, and uh, I wanted to let you guys know that. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done and, and the impact you made on my life, and it will affect my life for the rest of my life. So I just wanted to let, let you guys know that publicly. Amen. Well, I want everybody to know publicly that I love you, Willie Gall. I love you too, my friend. You better believe it. Willie, you're my, my brother. brother. My show All right. You're my brother. Love you guys. The Super Bowl and you too, Gary. Gary, you're the man. Love you guys. And be safe, okay? And stay warm. I won't, I, won't, I won't tell you guys it's 78 degrees here in California today. So you guys are looking for snow and blizzards no. back on the East Coast. So wait, just, uh, be, wait a be minute, safe. Willie. I, I can't believe she hadn't got you to do your segment of the Super Bowl shuffle before oh, you oh, go. Oh, you want to do it real oh, quick, Willie, before you go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come you, on, you Come on, you guys. We need some background music. Go ahead. Go ahead, Willie. Just real quick. Oh, yeah, I can man, be your I'll, outro. I'll let her sing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Take it easy, guys. All right. Take care, Willie. All right, man. Take it easy, Rich. Take care, Okay. Take care, Willie. So, oh, where we at, babe? So, you guys, before before Willie had to sign off, you were talking some about the differences between the NFL when you were playing and now. Did any anybody else have any speculations? Anything else that you wanted to say on that topic? When yeah. I came in the league, you yeah. know, guys, you know, talked to you, you know, about you know specifically Walter and Roland Harper, you know, Reeve Sorry and Noah Jackson. Talked to you about how to you know how to play the game and how to get along and how to make it in there. As opposed to now, you know, it's coming in now. It's all about status. I mean, you know, where you ranked and how you ranked and and then what where, kind of where you know, your, your pay scale ranks. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not yeah. about that, but eligibility. I think when we came in, you were the money was around on about about your about your ability. Now it's about what they think you can do. You know, you haven't even done anything yet, and you're getting a lot of money. So, you know, and then, you right. know, agent probably telling them, well, listen, this is guaranteed. This ain't guaranteed. Yeah. Don't get hurt or you ain't going to do this. They're not trying to take chances, you know, and in okay. three, two or three years, they can get paid again. So what's the deal yeah, with that? Well, Where's the accountability? How do you manage accountability in a league where Nothing. people are just I'm, getting I'm paid up front or they have guaranteed well, contracts? Well, I mean these how guys you, that think how do you like get that. The performance. Yeah. You know. Okay, only one of us can talk at a time. Go ahead. Who's who's got it? Go ahead. Now, this, I'll talk Mongo here. This is what she was getting at. How has the game changed on the field and the violence? 
You're right, it has changed. Back when we played, we could hit you in the head. And we did do that. Now, you can't do that. It's against the rules. That's how it's changed. But, but, well, if you're going to change that, then you should be taking care of the players that, then, that they used to hit each other in the head. You know, I, I think it's more than anything, it's all about, you know, some kind of care. Yeah, we know the game is dangerous. Yeah, someone could get paralyzed. A lot of things could take place. But yet, a person still has the right to live their life after the game. And, and to not have any coverage there or to stand there to be supportive when your business went from hundreds of millions to billions shortly not too far from trillions, you know, you should be trying to, you know, give something back to the guys that made the game what it is today. But you're talking about, if I can interject in that, you're talking about a system that's in place now as opposed to a system that was in place when we came in. When we came in, those things weren't set up. They weren't even thinking about what they think about today. I mean, they were just really trying to build something and they saw an opportunity where this thing is going to be worth a whole lot. They can care less about us. I mean, why should you have yeah. to go to court? How why should you the doctor's out on the field going, how many fingers I got up? Oh, all right, you saw too good. You don't have a concussion. Yeah, go back in there. You know, go yeah. back in there. You know, go keep Pop playing. this ammonia popper. Breathe this ammonia in. All right, you're fine. Get back in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're talking about a collective bargain agreement or a, 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 a union or or whatever you call it, because it ain't worth a dime. You know, here we are. We built something. We have the foundation, but we don't reap no benefits. And I just heard today how much they pay Goodell. $44 million? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you That's... kidding me? And so, they never made a tackle wow. myself. <laughs> wow. But I'm still I'm still curious about the question of accountability, because what you're talking about is that, you know, the the league is is has really prospered. The individual teams have really prospered, but that players accountability is going downward. So what's the what what, what do you think is going to happen in the future that's going to turn some of these the, really important dynamics around? The NFL Corporation should be held accountable, just like every other company in America is. If a worker falls off a scaffold and is injured for the rest of his life, what do they do? They help well, us. Yeah, go ahead. Right? That's yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're responsible, it's just like if you got a pool in your backyard, okay? If somebody drowns, even if you got a lifeguard there or not, you're responsible. So the point of is you're responsible for the well-being of your yard or whatever takes place there. So it's, you know, I think that, you know, once they, you know, they start making money, the league kind of made it uh, more a little greedy about things, but yet, uh, you know, it was all about making yeah. making dollars at the end of the day. And I can understand that, but also take care of the people that help you do what you're doing. Well, that's you know, all I have. And I just can't stand here. I got two little boys that might want to play one day. And, and you can't do anything to make the game better. I already done some Well, you know what? The, not not letting guys like so, us. I look forward to what they come, you know, forever. They've changed those rules. It is a safer game, guys, than we played. 
I'm going to switch us to break. And when we come back, Gary, I thought I heard you trying to make a comment. So we'll start with you to switch gears for a few minutes. And while we're at commercial break, please visit us at Twitter, Dieta M. Jones and Richard underscore Dent 95. We'll be right back. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dieta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show. We're back and continuing our conversation with the legends of the 1985 Chicago Bears. During break, we were talking about this year's Super Bowl, and I'd like to get your perspective, guys, on this year's teams. Who are you cheering for? What's up with the, you know, the deflation scandal? What are your thoughts? Gary, do you want to kick us off? Well, sure. You know, I'm, uh, I'm an NFC guy, so uh, one, uh, Seattle, that was one hell of a comeback. Improbable. Miracle. Uh, I don't know <laughs> no, what you just hate the Packers doing. that much, I don't know what basically. those defensive backs were doing, taking a, you know, going down to the ground with five minutes to go, and then how could you not knock that ball down on the two, uh, two-point try? I mean, it was brutal. But anyway, uh, and they beat the Packers, so that was great. So I'm uh, hoping that Seattle does a repeat. <laughs> Uh, but also, you know, I mean, the Patriots, I just think that it's great that you have different teams get to the Super Bowl and experience winning a Super Bowl. And the Patriots have been there so many times. Uh, and I, I tell you, even though I don't know what the outcome of this deflating the balls is, it just it just 
has a bad impact, or at least I, I just can't go for a team that, that cheats. And I think in my yeah. heart of hearts, I, I believe they cheated. I think they did something that's so small, inconsequential to winning that AFC championship game. But, you know, they've been caught before doing some really goofy stuff. That's and so I'm uh, hoping as an NFC fan that uh, the Seahawks go back-to-back. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and then there's going to be the conversation. All the Seahawks defense is better than the '85 Bears. And you know what? It's an honor to be taught, thought of that way, isn't it, boys? Yes, it is. Well, it's always a pleasure because we set the bar high, and to be compared to what's out there now, and 29 years later, they're still talking about it. That's not yeah, a what bad I, what deal. I don't want it. What I don't want to be is that Miami Dolphin team undefeated, getting out there every time someone's almost you know oh, going yeah. through a perfect season. It's kind of pathetic. So <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I, I think it's a great standard uh, that we set, and we had a lot of fun. And, and uh, as Willie rightly said, we had a pretty damn good offense as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what, you know, I what just, team you know, through history wouldn't want Walter Payton as a running back to Super Bowl? Yeah. What about the rest what, of you? What, what team through history wouldn't want Walter Payton as their running back? Wow. That's yeah, what we had, had on had a pretty amazing team. No question. And here you are. You had a pretty amazing team. What about the rest of you? How are you celebrating? What are you doing for Super Bowl? How do you celebrate Super Bowl? Oh, you're well, going to let I me do a promo. Year. Great. Go ahead, Otis. I usually do my usual. I celebrate and, and in a way where I can, you know, raise money for the youth here in Chicago and, you know, work with these young people to get them to understand that hard work and, you know, teamwork and, you know, dedication pays off. So that's how I kind of celebrate being able to take, take advantage of what I've done and, so, you know, combinated into going into the communities and, whether it's the Hispanics or, you know, the, the black so, so, so where So where's your party, Oh, You might want to tell the people they want to come out. Well, the, the party is at the, um, and thanks for me, I, admit you, I should have said that from right from the start. You know, we're, we're, this year we're at Cubby Bear in Wrigleyville, right there on um, Addison and Clark at, at the Cubby Bear. So if you're listening out there, listeners, come on out and help support our young people because they need to understand that, hey, education is number one, and if you work hard, yeah, who knows, that opportunity might present itself. Yeah, nice. So, you know, speaking of that, is that the perfect launching point to talking about, you know, the opportunity that you had early in your lives and how it's shaped who you are and who you became and the work that you did? Can you all share with us some of the ways that your early victories, successes, experiences have shaped your worldview and some of the things that you've done since 1985? Well, I'll start off with really when I first came here, you know, um, and getting to know Walter, I, I met Vince Evans. He was the first person I met in the locker room, you know, before I went and did the press conference. And then I met Walter, and then I was hanging around Jim Finks. But like Gary said, I think it was Gary or somebody mentioned, all the draft picks, you know, from Hampton before me and, you know, all through the, you know, from 80, 79 through 83, we had some great individuals. Not only were they good athletes, they were good individuals and good businessmen because when you look at our team now, I mean, I should say not the team, but look at the guys now, and Carrie, you can attest to this, 
we are successful individuals on and off the field. And a lot of people don't make that transition from football to the business world, but we've done it in, in, in an easy fashion. And for me personally, you know, it, it was an honor to play with those guys because I, you know, I opened my eyes and I paid attention. You know, you saw what guys were doing. You listened to what guys were doing. And a lot of things that I've learned out there to compete and with them, I use in life today and, and share that experience with these young people. So, like Willie said, you know, I love you guys. I appreciate it. You've helped me in so many ways to grow as a man. You know, we had a show a couple of weeks ago with a couple of other guys, Eric Dickerson and Marcus Allen, and we talked about, you know, the trajectory, how difficult it is, statistically speaking, for people who have been star athletes to then, you know, not bottom out and not have to really hit rock bottom before they're able to get the feet, get their feet back under them. Tell us, because and you just Think described about this. Bit, you just Gary, described you this. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the ways you've done this? Yeah, you know, it's it's not an easy transition. Uh, you know, when you come out of college and everybody's 21, 22 years old and going through, uh, you know, different job changes, that's natural. But when you're 31 or 32, as most of us were fortunate to play for over a decade, uh, you're coming out and it's kind of lonely. You know? But you may have a wife and kids, but you're never going to make, at least immediately, the money that you made in the NFL. And that's even accentuated more today, fortunately, because of free agency in the NFL. But I think that if you really look at, you know, what happened, you know, in your career, the commitment, the sense of values, sacrifice, all the things that sometimes uh, people take as a cliche, they're really true if you're going to be a championship team. And if you take those and, and use those and that same type of attitude for a career outside of football, you can be successful. But I think a lot of guys aren't that way. They go, hey, they feel entitled. And, uh, and I think they can really struggle as a result. You know, I, I'll say one other thing that just for me personally, I grew up in a mixed community of black and white uh, African-Americans and, uh, and went through in the late 60s uh, uh, some really difficult times in the community. And I think that football, you know, it's, it's pretty transparent who should play and who shouldn't. And uh, it doesn't matter what color of skin you have. And I think that that's a, a great benefit for me and I think a lot of other of my teammates to be able to exist where, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to play. And uh, it doesn't matter what color you are. What a great way to loop that back in. That's a really powerful message, you know, that there's a, a need to be able to, to really dig down deep and look for the merit and help each other succeed across racial lines or class lines or education lines and then be able to pull that forward to make a successful transition and then career later on in life. What about well, that's you? The, what one, about you the one great thing about sports. I mean, you have that one common denominator whether it's in baseball, basketball, football, a championship, and you got different ethnic backgrounds coming together in a locker room working for the same thing. It's like the, the, the playing field is level. I mean, the rules are the same for everybody. So you, you have to work. You can't, like when you go into business, you know, this guy's got a master, this guy's got a doctor's, he's black, he's white. You know, it, it takes you 15, 20 years to do something in the the corporate world, but in the sporting world, everybody started at the bottom, everybody worked, and whoever puts whatever work in, those are the ones that's going to rise to the top. How does Go it ahead, affect Steve. you? 
The lifestyle when you're playing football is pretty lavish, isn't it, boys? <laughs> when you're making that dollar, yeah. it's the mistake every guy makes that goes broke when they leave football. They keep living the same lifestyle. And I don't care how much money you got saved up, you know, 10, 20 years later, it's gone. Yeah. Well, that's why I say in the medical side, you know, no one can never make enough money to help that benefit the rest of their life. And I just think that's where the lead should be in a position to, you know, you're talking 32 teams. The 32 teams put in five, ten million dollars for 3,500 yeah. guys that's out there. That's, you know, I mean, you look at last year, they had like somewhere like 122 guys have, have died. And some of them very old and some wasn't very old. But the point of it is this is where, you know, if you want to see this league continue to thrive, then it has to do something. It has to give back. Because the guys today, you know, they have no recourse. They can't come back. Yeah. Well, you know what they need to do? They need to muscle up the pension. And you know what I'm saying? Because that's what the problem is. Guys need help, and they don't have the finances to help themselves. Well, they don't have the finance or they don't have the benefit to go to the hospital, and, and that's the yeah, point, you know. It's, it's if ridiculous. You, if you the, the, the pension on this it's, in it's the NFL tough is to try to figure out the paperwork, how to get help, first of all. But uh, but it's important to, to, you know, that's part of a locker room and part of a team, you know. It's all, everybody's for the common goal to be the best that you can be and win and, and celebrate and enjoy. It doesn't matter about the race. It's all about what you have to give to one another, to offer one another to be the best at something. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen to this one. This okay. is why I can't blame the NFL for screwing up my knees because I played on them when they needed surgery. I didn't do that for the NFL. I did it for you guys, to be on the field with you guys. They didn't make me do it, so how am I going to sue them for it? Well, you know? it's, 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 it's not about making. You know, the point of it is, is about no one never did anyone ever give you the, the... The opportunity, yeah. Well, the consent about what you was doing and why you was doing it, to either yeah, sign off Richard, on the paper saying, I, I okay... We need fine. to I'm do gonna, a better job of educating. And, and it's, it's, it's in my hands. So if you never got any consent, and then obviously, you know, they can't. To me, no one should allow you to go walk in the middle of the street or walk off a cliff and fall if they know it's a cliff there. So it, this football is the same thing. And the point of it is one needs to give you consent on what's taking place even though you might want to do it. The point of it is, I'm not going to let you in my backyard and jump in my pool if I know you can't swim and you want to drown yourself. I'm not going to do it. And they shouldn't do it either. Gary, you were trying to make a point? Well, you know, Richard, I, the only thing I would, uh, I think needs to get into the conversation, though, is that players at some point have to be accountable for their actions as well. Right? And, and so you've got guys, and look, I'm not going to be naive here. I, I didn't take... You know, all these pain-killing things I read about, but did I take a lot of anti-inflammatories? Hell yeah. Did I drink my beers coming back from the West Coast? Yeah. But, you know, if you play eight or ten years and, and you 
you know, years later say, I didn't know what I was taking. You know, you're 30 years old and you're responsible for your body. Shouldn't you have some accountability to be asking those questions and just not say, hey, you know what? I didn't know anything. And I'm not, I know that, you know, that's an extreme, but I think a lot of players, you know, are going through saying, I'm going to do whatever I need to do today to keep this job because I'm making $2 million and I know that I didn't graduate from college and I won't make 50. And that's part of the equation as well is that they're, they may not say I, I knew exactly what I was doing, but it didn't matter at that moment because they wanted to play as anybody does in the NFL and you don't want. And Otis and I participated in a concussion awareness uh, a couple of years ago where the NFL was announcing a partnership with the U.S. Army. And they were trying to use the players as an example of why you should self-report when you have a concussion. And after Otis and I, you know, we were part of eight people on that panel. After talking for 45 minutes... The uh, moderator looked at these two rows of decorated Army personnel and said, Gentlemen, you've heard this argument. You have a brigadier general here. How many of you will self-report? Not one of them would. Because, you know, a lot of it is that you no. feel you owe it to your teammates to be in that huddle and in that game exactly. no matter but, but, what. But, but yeah, still, Gary, you know, the point of it is you drank the beer and this and that, but you weren't there by yourself. That team stood there with you. That team passed that. If you didn't take what you said, they provided for you. I don't know what the balance is, but it's clearly out of balance. They're responsible for your well-being. I mean, I'm 22, 23. When I blew my ankle out my rookie year and I tore my hamstring, they had me on all kind of information. And they know they're giving me time all three, and I'm like, this stuff doesn't work I didn't work on my stomach, so I told them no. Okay? Then they give me something else. I don't know they didn't come to find out those things was banned in the country. So yeah. what they was giving me something that wasn't legal in our country. So it's not. It, those See, Richard, are the they never give me that. I have a problem <laughs> with. And the point of it is that. that is no, I, ne- I never swallowed one of those. <laughs> okay, no, you, you I gotta get us to break. But when yeah, we come Richard, back, Gary, I think you have a point that you're trying to make. Yeah. None of these guys will take it. Let's see if Richard will take it. Hold on, guys. I got to jump in for a minute. We have to switch gears. Gary, I heard you trying to jump in. Um, it's hard to jump in over Richard, Gary. I know, I know. So really quick, I'm, we're going to switch gears one last time. While we're at commercial break, hit us up on Twitter at Dieta M. Jones and at Richard underscore Dent 95. We'll be right back. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. 
If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated. Hear about success stories and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show. We're back and continuing our conversation with the legends of the 1985 Chicago Bears. Steve, you said you still have some more bragging to do about your team. Tell us. Give us those stats. I don't know how many. It's 30 years later, and I don't know how many of the Super Bowl records we still have. But here's a couple of the career records that are most important to me. In 1984, our uh, our defense set the sack record with 72 in one year. Hello. They ain't even sniffed it since. Hello. <laughs> Do you know one of the records, boys, we have on defense for the decade from 1980 to 1990, who was all part of it? I think the number one category in all categories? In all categories, we were number one. Yeah, I think, yeah. Not the, not the steel curtain, not the purple people eaters, not the fearsome foursome, the by God monsters of the midway <laughs> have that record. Exactly. Oh, uh, this is not, how about modesty? Where did you rate on the modesty scale? No, <laughs> modesty for young men. I said that today. Humility and modesty is for young men. I can okay, tell you're still young, DJ. You'll get over that. I'm very, very, very young. That's what I tell Richard all the time. Yeah. Very young. You'll get over that when you get our age. You'll be bragging all over yourself. <laughs> I used to be fine. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be fine. So, so tell us. So tell us, guys. Okay, you, you were phenomenal. We know that. And you've continued and you've had amazing transitions. You've, you've uh, you know, gone on to do amazing things, all of you, um, individually have done great things. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I hear there's a band in the, somewhere in this. Oh, yeah, the Chicago Six. Uh, the Chicago Six started back in the, like, the early, the mid-'80s, you know, and with Walter, Walter Payton and Dan Hampton, Gary, I mean, uh, Dave Durson, Kurt Frazier, Gary Nod. There was three Blackhawks, and there was three Bears. And, and Walter was you know, the drummer. They, yeah. Walter was a drummer, Hampton a bass player, um, Dave was a horn player, and I think Sean Gale messed around a little bit because he played the flute. And then one day I, uh, at UIC Pavilion, they performed, and I heard Dave sing My Girl and tore it up. I would have never been his girl after that. <laughs> you know, I joined in, and, you know, and then it kind of interchanged, and it kind of lay dormant for a while. 
And then Steve can attest to how Hamp talked to him about it. And he said, Hamp kept asking, bugging the hell out of me about getting back on it. So I said, why not? You know, it's something to do. And we, for the last year, we've been pretty much touring all the fests around Chicago and like, like, uh, the casinos. Did the, the casinos and just said, well, we did the Hilton for a private party. And really, and we just did that Saturday. 2015, we're looking to go into corporations around the country. And just, you know, because I've always sang when I was small. I didn't really, you know, do a lot of that. This is big Once I got into athletics. But it was always something in my background, and I enjoyed doing so. What? You know, I sing so a lot of Motown. You know, give, give, us line, oh, give us a little line, oh. Give us a little line. Come on. Just a little something. Oh, give you a little line? Yeah, yeah, give us a little something. Uh, well, I don't sing well a cappella, but... Um, listen you know, here. Uh, this is how... Listen, she wants to hear how good you are. Let me tell her how good you are. Go ahead. If I was a woman and he started singing Motown in front of me, I'd be throwing my panties on stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That's how good he is. Yeah, yeah. My girl, my girl. We, we have a segment where we both shuffle in there. So, Richard, one night you're gonna have to come out, and make a special appearance, and do the Super Bowl shuffle with us. Hey man, oh, I'm a. Hey, we, got, we sing oh, a couple of songs about Mike. I, I used to have a band when I was younger, or when I was a kid. You know, my seven brothers. We used to have our talent shows in the backyard. Used to charge a quarter to get in. So. This here takes me back in time, so you know I don't mind jumping in with you guys. Yeah, you know we're gonna have oh, to work that out. Hey, we charge more than a quarter to get in. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah no, sure. <laughs> but back in those days, a quarter went a long way. We do expect though. to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Okay, so so wait a second. Now we know you have a band, the Chicago Six. We know that people can reach out to you. How can they reach out to you to find out more information about Chicago Six? Do you have a website? Uh, they have a website. Yes. Okay, so we'll look you up. Hey, and what about website? you, Steve? You have a restaurant we need to come visit, right? Steve does. Steve. Yeah, I think you have Facebook.com and then it's Chicago 6. No, okay. we're talking about you. You're talking about your restaurant. Oh, yeah, I have a, a restaurant, Mongo McMichaels. It's beautiful. And let me talk about what I'm doing here before the Super Bowl. Thank yes, you. sir. Uh, this chain here, uh, it, this chain called Bona Beef has got me delivering food for some lucky fans who signed up at their place uh, for their Super Bowl party. I'm going to deliver the food for them. Awesome. We'll have a good time. Yeah, well, what's, kind of, what, what's your restaurant all about, Steve? What's good over there? Oh, at my restaurant? All the yeah. food's good. All of it's good. I never heard one word about that, that was bad on anything. I, I, but, I believe but it's, you. We've eaten there. It's, it's heaven. Burgers. Beautiful. It's been going strong for four years now. Now, where is it again? What? Give me the location. It's on. It's in Romeoville, south. You know, going south um, west of Chicago on Fifty Five. Okay, so that's it. That's you guys, you guys, everybody, listeners, you hear it from the nineteen eighty five legendary Chicago Bears. Thank you so so much for joining us today. We have loved it. And now you know how to get in touch with these guys. They're still doing great things. They're still having a huge impact on their city and beyond. Listeners, we want to thank you for joining us today. We have loved every minute of this, and we hope you have too. Please join us next week when we will be joined by Michelle Simmons and Nikki Sterling. And the topic will be mental health related. 
Until then, keep finding ways to make a dent in pursuit of your dreams, to serve your community, and to make our world better. Thanks, Steve. Thank Otis. Thank Thank you. All right, baby. Right on, brother. I love you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you too, Thank you, baby. Love you. All right, baby. All right. Peace, and so we out of here. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in. Please join Dietta Jones and Richard Dent for another edition of DJ and the Bear. We'll be back next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thank <laughs> you.